welcome everybody. This is Under the Streetlight Podcast. As you saw, it is a casual podcast about the people who really make this country great. And let's be honest, not just this country, but the world. And uh, it's all about everyday people. And before I bring on a guest, I do want to make a, a real quick announcement. Uh, we do have merch, and you can find that link in the description down below. So stop by, check it out, help support this channel. Um, it, it, it does cost money to keep this thing going. And I want to keep the show up and running to get all these amazing people out in this world on the show so that they can at least get recognized for the amazing thing that they're doing. And as you can see, Anna is not with me tonight. She is in Jersey with her family. So we will hopefully catch her next week. And uh, with that being said, uh, our guest, uh, he is an established artist. He was a, he was a musician. He's into photography. Uh, he's just right up my alley because of everything that I like to do. And if you want to check out his work, his link will be in the description. So please help me welcome Tim Williams. Hi, everyone. How you doing? Doing pretty good. Glad to have you on the show. And uh, glad to be here. So we already have somebody watching and it is the... Ah, this is Alan Greenstein, uh, Greenstein, and if you don't know who he is, you can see by the title, Support Our Creative. Um, definitely check that out. Uh, thanks for stopping by, Alan. And for anybody that's watching, if you have questions for Tim, leave a comment, and I will put them up on the screen, and Tim will answer the question for you. All right, so cool. first thing first, every question, that uh, every show that asks the same question, almost cliche, how did you get started? Well, um, I was um, a musician for a long, long time, mm -hmm. and uh, I thought I was going to be a rock star, and that fell apart. I got real close, but I did not become a rock star. Um, then I was telling my mother-in-law one day um, that, you know, I always wanted to try painting. I thought, you know, that'd be something kind of fun to do. So like that Christmas, she bought me a paint set. And uh, uh, that first year, I realized, okay, I should have been painting this whole time. It's like, I was an okay drummer. I was okay, but um, I was a much better painter. It just came more natural to me. And um, so that's, that's how it all started. Um, do you want me to go on from there? From where that well, all I mean, went? You know, I mean, so... so you got your first paint set. What was the first thing you painted? Um, it was my mother-in-law's hometown in um, Germany. She oh, was okay. uh, she grew up in Nuremberg, and uh, there's oh. a famous Nuremberg castle, and that was one of my first paintings, and it turned out great. I'm still really proud of it today. They have it hanging right. in their uh, their living room. I shocked myself it's i'm still <laughs> happy with that painting even though i didn't know what i was doing i never varnished it but it still looks yeah good. well so uh, varnished are you it was an oil painting yeah yeah I okay all, pretty much all oils yeah I, I went onto your website and i saw a painting and it's one of my uh, the one i like the most and just because it uh it kind of speaks to me a little bit more deeply the one of the Viking ship. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's because my ancestors were Viking. Oh, that's great. 
Yeah. You know, I'm gonna, yeah, I have the Viking Mohawk. You know, I have, I actually have a necklace that has the Vigvisir, also known as the Viking Compass. So, I mean, I'm, I'm it's Whoa. very, yeah, very deep with me. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, I, 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 go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, I love history big time. Um, I love all that stuff. I consider myself a pirate. So um, I, uh, I, I, I always like kind of the Vikings uh, too. I just thought that they were super cool. So I, I do, I paint whatever I want, you know, and sometimes I just want to do a pirate ship or a Viking ship, you know? So. Uh, so <clears throat> speaking of history, did you, did you ever, you know, kind of take any uh, technique or uh, concept from classic artists like Da Vinci or Rembrandt? Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh boy. I I was um, <laughs> I jumped in um, with big um, ideas and I studied Rembrandt really hard. You know, I did not take any. Uh, official art classes i basically just read everything i could on rembrandt and his right. style and i and um and it was kind of a lofty goal but i wanted to be good right away and um i wasn't but um i was you know i i think i think there is something to be said for that you know right. um kind of jumping in you know and just going for it try you know try to do something spectacular absolutely um you know myself being an artist um one of the things that i found uh challenging was you know when i looked at the masters you know my one of my favorite leonardo da vinci i actually have a portrait yeah. uh, tattooed on my arm um because he wasn't alive and because he couldn't say, okay, this is how I did my technique. This is how I did it. Trying to figure out that process drove me nuts for years. And finally, I just figured, you know, instead of trying to mimic him, try to mimic the end result. Yeah. You know, what, exactly. what's the one artist that you wish you could talk to? Well, I mean, definitely Rembrandt. Um, but, you know, um, when I was a kid, um, I really was into Norman Rockwell, you know, um, mm. people consider him more of an illustrator, but I mean, he was, he was brilliant in his own right. I mean, everything he did was just, you know, uh, Rembrandt inspired and, uh, right. you know, he did those quaint scenes, but they're done beautifully and i think norman rockwell would be a real close second who i'd like to talk to yeah i i mean i was a kid when my mom used to collect the uh, saturday evening post yeah which is where he did all the covers for mm -hmm. but i i was always mesmerized by the artwork on the cover and me too me too the, the the everyday scene that just made everything so relatable. I mean, it's like each cover, it was like I, I've had moments like that. You know, I remember yeah. doing something like that. You know, and I think that's one of the reasons why he was so successful. Yeah. Um. So when you're when you're working on your painting, kind of tell us how you go through your process from start to finish. Okay. Um. If I'm not doing a commission, um, I 
it's it's something I really am kind of proud of. I like just taking a blank canvas, setting it in front of me with no real preconceived idea, and I just kind of go for it. Um, sometimes mm -hmm. I'll see a picture online, and that might inspire me, and I'll be like, I want to do something similar to that. I want to see if I can pull that off like that artist did. Um, right. But most of the time, it's just I might put two or three colors, you know, on my palette and just be like, I wonder what I can do with this. And, you know, I want to start with this and see where it goes. And sometimes I'll do a sky and it'll, you know, I'm like, all right, I, I think this looks like a night scene. And, and I'll just kind of it, it sounds pretentious, but I'll just kind of let the painting lead me, if that makes any sense. Sometimes mm, I just kind of, you know. Sometimes I'll just say, you know, look at the shadows and stuff and go, ah, that kind of looks like a rock face. I'm just going to, you know, work on that now. Mm -hmm. So, so yeah, that's, that's pretty much the process. I try to paint um, at least one painting a day. Um, if I do smaller ones, I can do two, but right. um, that's getting up in the morning with my wife and um, starting probably about, 7 30 and then working till sometimes 10 o'clock at night so right. uh i i paint constantly too much actually i have horrible <laughs> carpal tunnel and it's killing me so, i i totally understand i mean yeah. you know i, I kind of started to develop that myself when i was uh airbrushing uh, mm -hmm. like the constant back and forth just a small movement oh, all yeah. day long you know it, it got to me yeah um now when you when you talk about your process like that, you know, um, not to try to uh, compare you to anybody, but that almost sounds similar to you know, and, and I know that's going to sound kind of cliche a little bit, but it almost sounds like uh, Bob Ross technique because I remember when I was a kid watching him on you know public channel, that's how we started. He would just take a canvas and he just yeah. start in one spot, you know, and he, he was always adding colors. Right, you know, right. If it wasn't on his palette, you know what? Let's just add some of this over here. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, so yeah gonna, he, I, he actually um, filmed those about 20 minutes away from here. Really? And, uh, yeah, in Muncie, Indiana. I'm in Indianapolis. Okay. Right, yeah. So, yeah, uh, you know, I watched a little bit of Bob. Um, it, it's, I, I use some of his techniques. I have some artists, you know, who are really like, oh, gosh, you know, Bob was such a, you know, a hack and all this. And I was like, I liked the guy, you know, yeah. and, uh, and, um, <clears throat> you know, sometimes I, I get compared to him and I'm, and I'm, I kind of hope I'm a little better than that just because I, I spend a little more time <laughs> on right. the painting, but he, he, he was great in his way. And, mm. uh, I, I don't get offended when people say that. Right. You know, I've, I've heard people call Bob a hack and yeah. one of the things that I've learned is one of the reasons why Bob was able to do what he does is he figured out a system that worked for him. Mm -hmm. He knew how to come up with something on the fly and he knew how to imp implement those quickly. Mm -hmm. And, you know, like the, the whole thing goes, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, the, the thing I always liked about Bob, and I, and I kind of say this about myself, and it's like uh, he would say, um, you know, I'll never be at a 
fine art museum, you know, and, mm -hmm. and he know he knew that he was like, you know, Hey, you know, I'm limited to what I do and this is what I do. And I make a lot of people happy and, you know, that's my legacy. You know, I don't have to be right. in a fa fancy art museum. And, right. you know, I kind of feel like that may be where I end up to <laughs> probably not in an art museum, but maybe someday, I don't know. Yeah. Well, you know, I find that a lot of people, get this weird idea of what art is. And I mean, one good example is, and I'm not saying that he's bad, but it doesn't make sense to me. Is people like Pollock or Picasso, mm -hmm. yeah. you know, um, even a Dolly. Now Dolly, you could actually tell what he was painting. Yeah. Uh, but they were just, I mean, you want to talk about surreal. Yeah. Pollock is the one. He is the one that I do not get. Um, yeah. You know, I I know some people do, and God bless them for it. I know Norman Rockwell was actually fascinated with Pollock a little bit mm -hmm. um, at one point. And uh, in one of his paintings that he did, he actually uh, put a Pollock in the background of one of the paintings he did, and just as a little nod to, to Pollock. But, um, yeah, I... I I never got the whole drip in the paint thing, but you know, some people love it. That's great. Right. Now what, what's the one art style that you wish you could get into it and, and master? If it, oh. if it wasn't going to be oil painting, what would be an alternative art style that you would go for? Um, you know what? I would like to work in film. I would like to uh, direct. I know that sounds kind of crazy, but I I always see things in like uh, I notice things in, in movies and mm -hmm. stuff. I'll see how the the director has framed a shot because a lot of times they're very similar to how a, an artist frames a picture. You know, mm -hmm. you know, sets up the scene, and um, especially in um, oh, I forget what the director's name is very famous story anyhow it, yeah that is something i think i'd love to do is is uh maybe direct some stuff just i, I think it i think it's similar skills as to uh, an artist right so when you got to you know pursue art uh on a more professional level what were some of the challenges that you came across when you were trying to get your work out there yeah uh, yeah. Um, well, you know, I used to do a lot of the fine art fairs and shows and stuff like that. And, and I did OK, but there's so much competition. Everybody there is brilliant, you know. So it's um, sometimes those were real challenging. Um, and when I I finally made up my mind to go and do this full time. Uh, I decided I'm just not doing those anymore. I, I, I'm selling really well online and I'm selling really well doing the paranormal events and mm -hmm. uh, conventions and stuff. And uh, I, I, I've created kind of a niche and right. um, I have a really good following. I maxed out my friends on Facebook. <laughs> That's and, all that. Yeah. And it's just, it's been incredible and it's all happened like in a, in like, two or three years so 
Yeah. Uh, Alan said that you you could be a director. <laughs> really? Oh, awesome. I'd mean, I'd love to try it someday. But yeah, so I mean, now what you say you do really well on online. What what would you suggest for a beginner artist? to do when they're trying to break in online? Because I know there are platforms out there that right. offer some perks for, you know, small budget. Right. Well, let me, um, my big thing is find your audience. Find right. who wants your art. And mm -hmm. I, I'll tell you how I became to be able to do this full time is the craziest story and it's it's just the simplest thing and i uh well, i was painting a, a landscape one day in my studio and and i was listening to a podcast about bigfoot and it just <laughs> inspired me and i threw a little bigfoot in the background you know no big deal <laughs> i just thought it was kind of funny and um i did probably oh i don't know a dozen maybe more paintings with uh a hidden Bigfoot that I never told the people about the painting. I didn't think it was, you know, anyone would care that it would, you know, be right. a big deal. And um, then one day I was having a really slow art show and just to keep people in my booth, I started telling them, I was like, Hey, uh, you know, in this painting here, there's a hidden Bigfoot. You might, might want to check this out. And um, I noticed those people got kind of excited about it and they kind of, you know, liked it. And then uh, when I got home, I was like, I wonder if there's any Facebook groups, you know, about right. Bigfoot. And there's like a million of them. And so I posted um, one of one of my paintings and just said, hey, you know, this is a painting I did. I'm this painter. And I just threw a Bigfoot in here, see if you can find him, you know. And I got like a thousand likes. And I'm like, okay. And then I did another yeah. one. And then that took off. And then I ended up joining up bunch of paranormal groups and bigfoot you know groups and um people start asking me is that for sale is that for sale and i'm like well yes it is and um then there was a time there where i was selling everything i painted you know uh, and it was great and i kind of was i was having a bad day at my day job and I started doing the math in my head. And I was like, you know, if I could stay home and paint, I could probably do three more paintings a week. And if those sold, you know, so yeah. I, I was figuring out. And then I, I went into my boss's office and gave him my two weeks right there. So actually, I didn't end up leaving for a month, but, but <laughs> uh, I gave him notice. Right. So on that subject, you know, one of the things that I... I still kind of struggle with a little bit, you know, how do you price your work? I mean, a lot of times, you know, when I tried to do, like when I was doing custom airbrushing for, you know, t-shirts or cars or motorcycles, I always had to think, you know, bottom line, this is what it's costing me. What do I do for a markup? Yeah. Yeah. Um, how I have a very, uh, un, a sophisticated way of doing it. I look at the painting and I, and I, I think about how much time I put into it. And the mm -hmm. biggest factor is how much do I like it? You know, right. uh, do, do, 
you know, do I think it's one of, you know, it, it, like uh, I just sold what I think is the best painting I've ever done the other day. And um, that was tough for me to let go of. And I, uh, so I priced it a little higher than I normally would, you know, mm. um, it, it, it's just to me, it's just how much I like the painting and how much, you know, uh, uh, time I put into it. So right. that, that's basically it. And, but having said all that, I've been told by tons of artists that I'm, I really undersell myself. And I know that, but um, I, I, I have trouble like waiting for two, three months to sell that thousand dollar piece, yeah. you know, or I could put 400 on it and maybe sell it tomorrow, you know? Right. So, um, you know, in some ways I'm kind of doing quantity, you know, trying to kind of make my living from the quantity Uh, just because I can't wait around for, you know, just that right person (laughs) to come along, you know? And plus, plus, you know, in the, the, the audience that I chose, you know, they're, they're not, you know, um, they don't go to, well, I'm not going to say they don't go to fine art yeah. shows, but I mean, it's, it's a different crowd. You know, they, they're not expecting to go to a Bigfoot event and pick up a thousand dollar painting, you know, it just yeah. doesn't happen, yeah. you know? So that's, I try to keep my pay, painting prices really, you know, low, you know, as low as I can. My wife is having a cow about it, but um, you know, I'm, uh, I'm slowly, you know, um, increasing my prices as a, as my notoriety gains, I guess. <clears throat> now, what, trying to speak, what has been your top earner? Describe the painting. Which one would be your top earner? Oh, my top earner. Um, I did, oof, um, it was probably a commissioned piece. Um, I've done some large commissions that were, you know, in the thousand dollar range. Uh, okay. But they, but they were big. They were real big, and those don't come around very often. But, right. Uh, yeah. Uh, like one was um, four feet, or. Yeah, four feet wide by like two feet tall, which is for me, that's kind of big. I don't usually paint that big. And uh, yeah, I think it was a, it might have been around $1,000 for that one. I used to charge, there might have been some that I sold for more when I was just doing fine art, fine art shows. Right. Which, now I have a piece that, uh, I mean, I, I don't have it anymore, but there was a piece that I did uh, that was extremely detailed. Mm-hmm. What was the most detailed piece you've ever done? Oh, okay. Um, ooh, that's a tough one. Because um, yeah, you got some great details in all your work, so. Oh, thank you. I appreciate it. You know what? Um, I've done the Nuremberg Castle quite a few times actually okay. um, I did a really large version of it once and that was probably the most detailed that I've ever done that was that took a long time right it came out real well I was real happy with it 
Excuse me. So, when you do these painting, do you, are you using uh, are you painting them on traditional canvas or do you prep the canvas? Do you stretch your own canvas? I, you know, I used to stretch my own canvas, and that just it it just took. A long time and you know and it, yeah. uh, it ended up it's just like ah, you know i can just buy this and so yeah i i'm using the pre-stretched you know pre uh gessoed canvas and uh sometimes i'll paint on a panel um there for a while i was painting on wood mm -hmm. least, you know uh every now and then um but yeah it's mostly just you know stretched canvas now, how I, I know that I I, uh, I I generally try to uh, keep you know uh, politics out of the show, uh, but one thing that I do like to ask some people is, how does the current atmosphere of everything that's going on around you today, how does that influence your art, or does it influence your art? Um, yeah, it does, but probably not in the way you might think. Um, I, a lot of my work is what I call like visual escapism. I like, okay. I like for people to look at my paintings and be kind of taken away, you know, kind of mm -hmm. uh, imagine yourself there or, um, you know, it just sparks your imagination a little bit and it takes you away a little bit you know, it makes you, you know, maybe wonder about that painting a little bit. And I say, right. um, I say, you know, one of my paintings, you don't normally just put above your, you know, uh, couch and forget about it. It's like, I feel like my work demands you stop and look at it, you know, and yeah. study like what is going on in here, you know? And uh, so I, I think um, I do a lot more quaint scenes than I would normally have done just right. more peaceful things and i you know and i like mis mysterious things and uh sometimes um some people say ah some some of my stuff's kind of creepy but it's it's a i i think it's kind of a beautiful creepy you know uh, yeah. i think there's there's uh you know there you can definitely have creepy but but there's something um that still makes you want to walk through the scene you know Right. So that it, that's probably the biggest way that everything is affecting me. If, of course, you know my prices being low is because yeah. the economy, economy, and everything. So you know, you say, you know, uh, your interest in art and the paranormal. Um, have you heard of haunted painting? Yes. Yeah, I've definitely heard of them. What are your thoughts on them? You know. I don't know what to think, but I, you know, I will tell you a story though. Um, I had a guy just this year uh, commission me to do a Wendigo painting, and uh, mm. and I, uh, I was like, sure, yeah, no problem, I'll do this. This will be great. And um, I had a horrible dream that there was a what I think was a Wendigo in it. And then there was, um, I mean, I, it was so weird when, when I was talking about it with this customer, I, uh, I hadn't heard the word Wendigo in forever, you know? Yeah. 
I'd kind of even forgotten about it. And that day after I got up from um, having that dream and, and I had been working on that painting, um, I saw the word Wendigo in three different places within like half an hour. And it's right. like just weird, really weird. And I just kept seeing Wendigo. And I was like, man, that's that's creepy. And the painting I was working on, I got creeped out by it. And uh, I, I was having trouble painting it. I didn't think it looked right. And I finally had to back out of the painting. Um, I just, I just told the guy, I'm sorry, I've never done this before, but I have a bad feeling about this painting and, uh, I just can't do it. I don't know if that's so much a haunted painting, but it, it, it still was a, a kind of creepy situation. I do, right. I, I do think there can be haunted paintings, you know, I'm not sure why I believe that, but I, th I think it's possible. Well, you know, it the thing with the Wendigo is um, when you get into the central United States, especially in the north, northeast part of the central United States, um, where the Wendigo legend is very, very deep and very real, um, they don't even, you know, they treat it like skinwalkers. They don't even want to talk about it. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, that's yeah, it, fact, you know. My customer was the only person I've ever heard you know, who had a story about running into one. So. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it, that's one of those stories that I tend to take with a grain of salt because the actual legend is that if you even see one, that's it, you're done. Yeah. Um, so, you know, back to art, you know, I, I what, if, if you could go anywhere, and use that as your inspiration and actually be there physically and paint it, where would you go? Uh, that's a great question. Um, you know what? Um, you know, there's lots of old European areas that would be great, but actually I think New Zealand, I would, I would love to go to New Zealand mm. and paint some of those landscapes. They are incredible and they're so mm. diverse so diverse and so vast and i love i try to do that in you know some of my paintings and, and uh, sometimes i'll just see pictures of uh, new zealand and get totally inspired you know it's just a beautiful country absolutely i mean you know i've seen people do photography out there and i've seen movies that were set out there mm -hmm. you know it, for being a a, a it's not even a continent or a nation per se. It's, it's an island. Yeah. The amount of diversity over there is just mind blowing. It's unbelievable. Yeah. yeah you have everything there. It's crazy. Mm -hmm. Now, you, <clears throat> when you paint, one thing that I like to do when I paint is sometimes I listen to music. Do you listen to music when you paint? Do you use that Absolutely. as kind of a background? Yeah. Yeah, um, you know, I listen to a lot of podcasts and um, um, books. I listen to a lot of books, tons of books. I'm actually getting right. burn out, burn out on audiobooks right now. But <laughs> yes, I, I listen to a lot of music too. You know, I paint so much every day that yeah, I'm constantly 
you know, going back and forth between books and music and right. podcast. So, now, yeah. how do you, how do you deal with the situation where, you know, you come across those days where just like, it just isn't in you to paint? Yeah. Well, um, those don't happen that often anymore just because it's my main job now. And it's like, I got to get painting, right? you know? Um, but yes, no, there, there are days when I'm just like, I just can't do this. Um, y- you know, what will get me back on track if I feel that way and I do just do not feel inspired. If I watch a, um, video, like a YouTube video of somebody painting. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter what skill level, really. If I see somebody painting, it gets me pumped. And then I then I want to paint. And uh, I, I don't know what it is. I just like watching, you know, someone paint. And then it just makes me want to, you know, jump up and do it myself. So that, yeah, that I, always gets gets me back on track. Yeah, I've done that myself. Um, mm-hmm. You know, especially... If I'm working on a piece that I've never done before and I'm not sure how to approach it, you know, I'll watch somebody else paint something similar and I'll be like, oh, you know what? I think yeah. I can do that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, definitely. That's a now, great way to learn stuff. I probably should watch more, <laughs> learn some new techniques. Yeah, there, I mean, I, I've, I've had friends tell me that, you know, well, you seem to have that figured out. And my response has always been, I never have anything figured out No, because just when I think I have it nailed a couple of days later, somebody comes up with something new. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And you know, have you ever hit a plateau where you felt like you weren't going to move forward with your oh, art? Yeah. Yeah, uh, definitely. Um, Sometimes uh, it's like just the other day, I think I posted that I was sick of painting trees. Like, <laughs> I, <clears throat> so I, I think I did a sea, seascape or something. In, uh, yeah, don't let Bob hear, hear you say that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. But uh, no, um, yeah, sometimes I will. I'll, I'll, I'll get where I'm like, I've painted this before in some way or another. This, you know, I've got to change this up. This isn't, you know, original. Mm-hmm. And so I'll beat myself up about it and, and I'll just challenge myself to do something better. Now you do photography. Well, I did. Uh, I worked for a newspaper uh, when I was in high school for a short time. Okay. So um, I was pretty good at it. Um, that was back in the old days when you had to like literally develop your own film in a yeah. dark room and all that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, it's like I, I actually know nothing about modern cameras, uh, really. But um, I do have an underwater camera, though. That's kind of cool. Yeah. But but uh, yeah, you know, I did that for a short time. I was I was pretty. I was a pretty good photographer in high school, and um, it got noticed, and they suggested that I work for the paper for a little bit. I did for it was a very short time, but. Yeah, it was great. Right. Cool. I thought it was fun. So, I mean, what do you remember? What camera you had? Oh wow! <laughs> I wow, I couldn't even tell you. 
Um, at 35 millimeter. Um, I think that's what it is. Is that what it is that right? Is that what film comes in? Yeah, yeah. 35 millimeter dip. Okay, um, yeah. I mean, this has been so long. Um, is there a brand called Simtex? No. Ah, gosh, I'm sorry. I don't really <laughs> remember. Right. It's been so long. Yeah, I don't even remember uh, the first camera I really started working with, but uh, mm -hmm. I know that, you know, like the, the camera I have now, the Nikon D3200. And, you know, for a full-body camera, uh, I really like its versatility. I mean, I've had that thing in some pretty rough environments. But, what kind uh, is it again? The Nikon D3200. Okay, because I do uh, need something. Do you, Does it photograph art well? Because I do need to get something that photographs art a little better. Um. Just about any camera will do that. It's just a matter of knowing how to uh, set the camera up and lighting. Mm -hmm. um, that, that's one thing that I've always struggled with because there's no real general rule of thumb to use when it comes to lighting the artwork because right. some lights have a little bit of a yellow tint to them. Some have a blue tint to them. You got to find the right lighting for your piece because otherwise, you know, if you have um, you know, a, a strong blue light or a white light that has some a blue tint to it on a yellow painting, that yellow tint kind of come out a little greenish. Mm -hmm, definitely. And so things like that, you got to be careful of. I, yeah. I, I mean, I have a cheap camera, you know, on my phone, obviously. And uh, I, you'd be, ama be amazed what I've done with it. I mean, I put out a calendar, I published a calendar uh, last year that was all, the pictures were all taken from my phone. And yeah, a, yeah, phone cameras it, it, are it, it amazing. Came out well. Um, if I were to make any suggestion, I would tell you to look into Photoshop Express. It, mm -hmm. It's made by Adobe, of course. Uh, yeah, and it's I, a free I, program. I have it. I actually have it. Yeah. yeah, I that you know, when it comes to people trying to photograph their product or their art or whatever, I usually try to steer people toward that because it gives you a little bit of control, right. To, you know, try to keep the colors as true as you can. Yeah. Because uh, that's something that I struggle with when I first started photographing my art. The colors never came out right. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, I, I do that. That's exactly what I do. I put it in Photoshop and I'll tweak them and, and mm -hmm. everything. Norm well, I normally I do. Um, is, well, the ones for the calendar, I definitely did. Um, right. But yeah. No. At what point? Well, I know you said that uh, one day you actually, you know, you, you tried painting, you know, and you, you realized you were good. Uh, that it was something you wanted to do. Mm -hmm. But at what point and what painting was it that just hit it home for you? It's like, yep, this is exactly what I'm going to do. This is my confirmation. Ooh, that's a good question. Um... Might be that big new Schwanstein uh, painting. Okay. I was telling you about the one with all the detail. I was like, I yeah. can do this. You know, after I finished it, I was like, you know, I can do this. I, I can hang, you know. I, it's weird. My style is, is 
right between, it's not realism and it's not impressionism. It's right in the middle. Right. And that's another thing too. Once I finally made peace with that, because I was trying to, you know, I tried everything, you know, right. and uh, for a while I was, I'm going to be, I'm going to head, you know, more impressionistic and, and, but then other paintings I did realism and uh, once I made peace with that, you know, my style is just right in between the two. Um, I think that is is one of the revelations that it's like, okay, you know, that's my style. I can I can right. take this and I can go on with it. I made peace with it. Right. Now, when you first started, how challenging was it for you to try to find that style that you just felt comfortable in? Yeah, I mean, like I said, it, it was, uh, you know, I, I would, I was, you know, doing art shows and I was new to them and all these, uh, you know, my peers would come up to me and everyone, you know, was telling me, ah, you paint too tight or, or, or if you're going to paint like this, then you need to go hyper realism, you're, you know, yeah. and, and um, that, that was tough. Um, I, I went all ways and you can look back in the past of my paintings it's, it matter of fact i've had people go um like i've posted a bunch of paintings at one time you know just to show people what i've done over the years and they've been like oh is this how many different painters are represented here and it's like that's eh, all yeah. me i'm kind of all over the place you know and uh yeah so i'm sorry that your question was about well, i mean the, the you know how challenging was it for you to oh, find yeah, your style? I'm sorry. Yeah, I lost track. Um, yeah, right. that, it, it took a long while. And and I would say I only made peace with what my style is, has become in the last three years. I've been okay. like, okay. Yeah. And, and you know, I, I have a loyal, you know, following of people. The, my biggest collector is this wonderful woman named Kathleen who lives on the outskirts of London. And she uh -huh. has bought, she has bought no less than I think it's twenty paintings now, of mine. And uh -huh. it's, she's wonderful. So, yeah. So I, I have some very loyal clientele, I guess you would call it. Well, so now I kind of kind of want to get into you know some, some tip for some of our listeners that are trying to you know make a break on this. You know, you talk about uh, commission paintings, and then you talk about, you know, selling your own pieces. When it comes to commission painting, how do you find people? That, or how do they find you? I mean, yeah. how do you get started with all that? Well, every now and then I'll, I'll post in, in some uh, uh, groups that I do commissions, you know. Um, mm -hmm. But most of the time people will approach me and they'll be like, you know, would you be interested in, you know, doing these pictures of our vacation shot and then throwing a big foot in it, you know? Yeah. So, so I do a lot of that. So that's the main way. Right. And, you know, when it comes to working with the medium, I, I know a lot of people, they can do some pretty impressive stuff with like cheap, generic knockoff. And I've known some people that say, you know, if you're going to do this, spend the money. Mm -hmm. When you're just starting out, 
what would you, you know, what advice would you give to a person who may have little or no budget at all? Yeah. Um, that's funny because I've, I've been accused of using too little paint and that is true. I, um, a lot of the modern artists who are out now, some of the big, great, fantastic artists like mm -hmm. Wong Ho, um, they use a lot of paint mm -hmm. and, um, each stroke is just, you know, each, you know, brush is just loaded with paint. You know, mm -hmm. I was, I was really poor when we, you know, were, uh, when I first started painting, we didn't have a lot of money. So I, I made that paint go forever. And, <laughs> uh, and I just, just, uh, I've kind of kept that going. I still don't use a lot of paint. I, I still, mm. you know, I can make a tube of white last forever, but, uh, yeah, yeah you, you know, that that's just one of those things. It's, um, if, if you're going to get into it, you know, a lot of people will just tell you you're not using enough paint. Um, and, you know, if, if you can afford the paint, that's cool, you know, buy the paint and do it. But I mean, if you don't have the money and you, uh, you know, some of my paintings in the beginning look like watercolors, you know, cause I've mm -hmm. thinned them, thinned the paint out so much and I kind of build off that. Yeah. Um, but um, don't, get all in your head about that well no right. i don't have enough paint you know you don't need a lot you know start small you know small paintings and uh kind of go from there <clears throat> so what paint do you use now i mean oh i use i use everything um i love winsor and newton i like i have this. some of that yeah, I like this uh, brand called Van Gogh, which is great. Um, okay. Those are my two favorite. I'm looking around here, seeing what else I got. But it's mostly those, mostly those two. Win Winsor & Newton's great. It's always good. Yeah, I, I actually have a set of Winter. I mean, it's one of those uh, small sets mm. um, that you can find at uh, Hobby Store. And uh, this was when I was doing... Um, only uh, it wasn't oil it, it was uh, their acrylic line that they had mm -hmm. oh yeah and uh, because sometimes I'll use acrylic paint and thin it down with the right kind of uh, medium and run it through my airbrush mm. uh, not something I do very often because acrylic paint gummed up the hell out of my airbrushes yeah. and the amount of cleaning I mean I gotta take them bad boys apart and I gotta sit there and clean every individual part it's ridiculous but Oh, I, I ruined a small airbrush uh, by trying to put oil paint through it. Because yeah. I had heard Thomas Kincaid did it, you know, and I was like, oh, that's mm -hmm. cool. If it's good enough for him, I'll try it. Yeah, I, I had that. I had it for like one day. And it <laughs> never worked. I ruined it the first day. So, oh, well. Yeah, you're not the only one. I've done that too. I mean, have you? When I first started airbrushing, I had a, it was a Pache airbrush. Mm. And it wasn't a top-of-the-shelf airbrush, but, you know, it was a pretty good heavy-duty one. And, yeah, I wrecked that in a matter of days, not understanding how paint worked and how it clogged up and having to clean it. Exactly. It's one of those that jumped into it a little too fast. Yeah. I should have studied yeah. it a little bit. Yeah. Uh... 
Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. It's still in the box, just sitting there. Don't know what I'll ever do with it. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, uh, what kind of airbrush is it? Uh, you know, I don't even know. Okay. I don't remember. Well, it's just if, a small, little small one. Yeah, if you decide to pick up the airbrush, I recommend the Iwata. Um, and they usually run at about anywhere between... Uh, you can get a cheap one, well... They call it cheap, but it's about $180 for the brush itself. Mm -hmm. Um, But this is an extremely versatile and durable airbrush. Uh, Mm -hmm. I've run latex paint through it. I've run acrylic paint through it. I've run watercolor paint through it. Um, So, yeah, I mean, if, if, if it's something you ever decide you want to try again, you know, take a look at Iwata, see what they've got. Um, I'm pretty sure they'll have something that okay. just kind of suits what you're looking for with the paint you work with. Yeah. And cool. with, uh, with the whole thing with uh, Thomas Kincaid, you know, I've heard that too. Um, I know that when it comes to working with oil paint, there is a certain type of reducer you have to have. Mm-hmm. Uh, and with oil paint, it clogged up the airbrush in a really unusual way because oil never really dries. It, well, it, it does after years, but yeah, it yeah, years, takes a yeah, long time it takes a long, long time. Yeah, yeah. So, um, and I know this is something that most artists don't like to talk about. Have you ever screwed up a painting and just felt like shucking it right out the window? Oh, if I could move the phone, I would. <laughs> I would show. You. I have a closet. I call it my closet of failure. I have I have stacks of canvas that um, just worked on it, worked on it, tried to save it, just just didn't work. And I just I that's one thing I've learned in the past probably five years or so is like when to say, okay, that's not working. You know, you're, you're wasting your time. But I'll keep the canvas and sometimes I'll pull them out and I'll look at them and I'll try to see them in a new way and see if there's anything I can do with them or I'll just paint over them. I've done that a lot here lately too. (laughs) But yeah, no, no, I've got a closet of failures. It's crazy. Yeah, I I have a stack of uh, watercolor papers and notebooks and uh, things that, you know, and you can tell that I started out I had a direction. I knew what I was doing and it was going great. And then for some reason, somewhere down the line, I messed something up and I was like, screw this. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. So this is something it, I should... Go ahead. Uh, no, it's just, it's funny. It's like um, there was one Christmas. I took some of the, the best of the worst, I'll say that, of the paintings that I either abandoned or I finished them and they just weren't I just didn't like him. And I took him to my, uh, my family for Christmas and, uh, like all my nieces and, and stuff. And I was like, uh, here, if anybody wants these, you know, I'm like, you know, your kids could paint over them if you want, whatever you want to do with these. And I could right. not believe how everybody liked them so much. And everyone's like, I still have that painting on my wall. <laughs> I'm like, no, don't put that on your wall. It's not yeah. good. But, uh, I, I couldn't believe that they, they, they liked them. You know, we are our own worst critics. Yeah, definitely. I I mean, 
I can't tell you how many times my wife has snapped at me and said, what are you doing throwing this away? Uh, and, and I'm sitting there thinking, like, you know, pointing out the 50 mistakes that I've made on them, and she can't see a single one. Yeah, yeah. You know, so in that line, you know, I, what advice would you give to somebody that might struggle with overanalyzing their own work? Yeah, you know, what I'd tell them is, you know, it's it's not the end of the world, you know. If it's if if it's bothering you and it's just not moving well, just put it aside. Just put it aside. Start new. You know, look at you know, and then come back to it later on with fresh eyes, and you you might be surprised. You know, I've uh, right. I've done that quite a bit. Saved saved a couple <laughs> atrocious moments. <laughs> now. Uh, another question that I wanted to ask is, you know, I know you've talked about you, you just, sometimes you take a blank piece of canvas and you'll just go. Um, a lot of times when I'm trying to work on a piece and I actually have a direction and I'm trying to get everything out, I get so many ideas that I end up driving myself up the wall. You know, and just on one subject, like, well, I could do this like this, I can do this like that. Or oh, maybe if I just put this in there. How often do you have those situations? Um, for know, back, for I, lack of a better I word, you're too inspired, almost. Too inspired. Yeah, you get too many ideas. I, I, I don't know if I would say I'd get too many ideas. I think I get too lofty. Uh, okay. I'll, 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 uh, that's a good way to put it. Like I, I had this, I had this idea that actually this one lady who I was talking to at a, at a uh, Bigfoot convention just uh, in Ohio, not long ago, I was talking to her and just by our conversation, I got this idea to do a, a big painting, a really big painting and have all four seasons represented in the painting but it's one one scene and it slowly merges from, you know, like fall to winter to spring to summer. You right. know? And I thought, ah, oh, this is such a cool idea, you know, and I bought the canvas to do it. And wow, I just it got real daunting. <laughs> and I put <laughs> that one on the back burner. So I, right. that one was and I end up painting something else on that. I, I still am going I'm going to do that at some point. But right. um, I started realizing some of the technical problems with that. And um, so, yeah, it's on the back burner. So sometimes, yeah, I just get too lofty with, with my ideas. <laughs> All right, well, we're coming up on the one hour mark. And uh, we'll kind of wrap this show up with give me the five top pieces of of advice you would give to uh, a young artist who is just starting to get into the art field? What okay. are the top five things you would tell them? Top five things. Um, do your art every day. Um, even if you don't feel like it, you mm -hmm. know, do it. And um, you might be surprised. I, I, there's been times that I've had a really bad day and didn't want to paint, but I knew I should, and I ended up painting one of the best things I've ever done. So paint every day if you can. And um, 
the other thing, like I said, is find your audience, find mm -hmm. who likes the kind of art that you do. If you want to become a professional at it, definitely find who appreciates your art. And, and now with the advent of the internet and everything, it's, you know, you can do that in social mm -hmm. media. You definitely can find those people. Um, so that's two. Um, don't get hung up on what brands of paint that you're using mm -hmm. or mm -hmm. anything like that right away. You know, there's, there's time to dwell on that in the future. Just, just, you know, just get going and do it. Right. Um, watch uh, videos on YouTube. There's tons of great videos, uh, yeah. you know, to learn from. Instructional videos are great. Mm -hmm. um, definitely. Uh, I need to watch those more. Um, let's see. Is that three or four? That's four. Um, four. Okay. And... Um, I would say don't um, don't get too caught up on what everyone tells you. Um, like I, I was so confused. I had a bunch of painters coming up to my work and going, you need to do this and you need to do that. And, right. and then when you start trying to paint like what they want you to do, um, you know, uh, it, it was a good experiment to try it, you know. But, you know, find, find your, uh, find the, the way you want to paint that you're comfortable with and right. don't definitely try what those people say. It, it could definitely change the world, but, um, but don't, don't get too caught up in it because right. uh, they're there for a while. Everybody and their mother was looking all the, everybody's paintings were looking like Quang Ho's paintings which he's a brilliant painter, great guy. Um, but yeah, I, I, I kind of purposely steered away from that. Just I wanted to be different. So, so that's, that's my five. <laughs> well, I'm going to definitely uh, five great pieces of advice. And uh, well, we certainly appreciate having you on and uh uh, again, if for those of you that are watching or listening, you go down to the description below and you'll find all the links, his website, his Facebook, his Instagram, his Twitter. You can find out uh, what he's got available. You can, uh, as he said, you can contact him for commission and, you know, show some support. Absolutely. Um, Need it. And so, yeah, I mean, with, with that, you know, I think we can call this a good show and, uh, Great. So what I'll do is I'll put you in the studio and uh, hang out there for a minute while I uh, wrap this up and uh, talk to you a little bit more and let you know about how things will progress from here. Um, but Great. definitely. Thanks so thanks so much for having me. It was fun. Oh, I had a lot of fun. You know, I mean, I always love talking to other artists because, yeah. you know, I, I know that the art field, as amazing as it is, you know, with all the different artwork out there, you know, like I mentioned before, one of the most common things I hear is how come I never heard of you? And yeah. hopefully with this show, more people will hear about you again. Yeah. You know, and, yeah. and you'll get more followers. You'll get more questions. Yeah. Uh, I hope. All right. Well, like I said, hang tight in that back room and I'll be with you in just a moment. And, uh, Absolutely. Oh yeah. All right. 
thought I had a comment. Um, from Alan, nice to learn all about you. Oh, thanks, Alan. Appreciate that. Sorry, I should have been looking at these earlier. Had to put on yeah, my readers. All right. Thanks, thanks, Alan. I appreciate that, man. Yeah, and uh, again, you can find him on his Facebook page, you know, and uh, he definitely all about supporting creative people. Um, Great. But yeah, I will talk to you in just a moment. Thank you. I appreciate it. You're welcome. All right. Well, like I said, ladies and gentlemen, that was Tim Williams. You know, you can find everything you need to know about him in the link down in the description below. Uh, check his workout, show some support. And with our show, we have our link down there as well. And as I mentioned before, we do have merch. And you can find our official page, our YouTube. You can find link for uh, Spotify, iHeartRadio, RSS, Amazon Music, Samsung Podcast. So if you want to hear the show again, you can find us there, or you can also check us out on the YouTube channel itself under the street light. So with that being said, for everybody out there that's chasing the dream, don't ever stop loving what you're doing and don't ever give up on it. And hopefully I'll catch you under the street light until next time. Uh-huh.